Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the fight, the never-ending battle in the city of Surrey over policing. Boy, this took a nasty turn yesterday with Brenda Locke going after uh, Farnworth. They're calling him a bully and a misogynist. Wow. Wild news conference. Um, Not an impressive. I watched the whole thing. Um, Not impressed by the performance there. And again, canvassing government members last night and and yesterday afternoon, um, I don't think she did herself any favors at all. When you're the mayor of the second largest city, you've got to deal with the provincial government on a whole bunch of different levels, not just about RCMP versus SPS. There's all sorts of working relationships here. And she really um, veered off a cliff, I think, by launching such a personal attack. My experience over the years, many years covering politics, politicians who, who fling mud usually end up getting more badly splattered than their opponent. And I think that's what happened to Brenda Locke. Well, let's, let's have a listen to the mayor here. So here is Mayor Brenda Locke here yesterday going after Mike Farnworth, the public safety minister. Let's listen. I have never, ever used the gender card. But in this case, I absolutely think there is misogyny going on, no doubt in my mind. And actually, it's not just me. I've had many people reach out to me and say he would have never treated Doug McCallum like this. Okay, I know you've been talking to people in government the last day after this. What's been the reaction to that in government here? Well, kind of disbelief, but also anger. I mean, Mike Farnworth, uh, I tweeted this yesterday. I've known him for like 30 years. He's Mr. Nice Guy around the legislature. He's, he doesn't launch personal attacks. You're a man, him. You're a man, though. What if you're, yeah. How does he treat women, though? From every woman I've talked to, and I look at the Twitter feed of all the women members of caucus, all yeah. of them totally supportive of him. Yeah. So there's absolutely no question on that front. So, But again, the larger picture here, uh, Surrey has to deal with Victoria on all sorts of levels, not just this ongoing police fight. There's all sorts of other things that, that big cities have to deal with provinces for. And, well, and she, took, she took a back step yesterday. That's the other thing that was going through my mind yesterday. I mean, she's certainly well within her rights to state her opinion. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you've got to, the bottom line, you've got to get a deal here with this government, don't you? They're trying to settle this dispute. And when we turn it into this very personal battle here now, mm-hmm. does that make it difficult to find some compromise? Well, hopefully it doesn't. Um, and again, I think the road is open to still going back to the RCMP. You know, it's my, I mean, if it, if it comes down to money, and it's a money argument, um, the case can be made potentially for for going back to the RCMP, but but launching these types of attacks is is kind of uh, does the, a disservice to that that end goal. The impression I get, the, Farnworth now has this report that he demanded yesterday. I want this report on my desk by one o'clock. He mm-hmm. has the report. We don't know what's in this report. And, you know what's interesting? And I talked to Farnworth about this yesterday. We may never know what's in that report because everyone who's got the report has signed a non disclosure agreement. Yeah. All the members of council. And now the members of, of uh, Farnworth and his staff have signed NDAs as well. So unlike the government report that went to Surrey Council where they had to sign a non-disclosure report, that's about 500 pages, there was still about 150 pages unredacted. So we had the executive summary. We knew what was their sort of the guts of that report. In this report, there's no executive summary that's been released. And we, we never get this report because, again, everyone who's got it has signed this, this NDA. Okay, let's listen to a little bit more of Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor. She was asked yesterday, what happens if Farnworth brings the hammer down here on Surrey and says, look, I'm going to force you to go with the Surrey Police Service. What would the city do then? Have a listen to what she had to say here. We have our legal staff looking at this, and we have uh, legal um, taking a look at where we sit. 
Okay, she's got her lawyers oh. looking at it now. Did this end up in court? Oh, her first answer to that question was, we don't know about legal stuff. Then her second answer was, we have legal staff looking at it. So legal staff wasn't looking at it the first go-around in terms of those questions. But, yeah, I mean, why not think this could end up in court if it doesn't go Surrey Council's way? I mean, for sure. Um, but now on Section 4 of the Police Act, you've talked about this before, does give the minister the power to recommend a cabinet um, measures to deal with, to including reorganizing the municipal police force. Whether that stands up in court, um, don't know. I don't think we've ever been through anything like this before. So sure, yeah. there could be a legal challenge here. I still think, at the end of the day, the odds favor the RCMP over the SPS. Really? Just because just I think the political fallout from going against an elected council might be more detrimental um, than... Um, uh, keeping the RCMP. The other thing is, again, it comes down if the money argument. If the money argument is here in that corporate report, if, the, if there's a financial analysis in that report that suggests it's significantly more more expensive to the Surrey taxpayer to go SPS than RCMP, right? That could be the the pivotal point here. Well, I think that's the strongest card that Brenda Locke has yeah. to play here. Like, if she can make a case that look. The, the province is underestimating mm-hmm. how much this is going to cost. We are going to get burned here. Ta- Surrey taxpayers are going to burn to a crisp on this thing if you don't let us keep that's the RCMP. More, that's a more compelling argument yes. than you know, calling Farnworth a bully and stuff like that. That's, that's where the, the meat of the matter is for Surrey, is the money. Yeah. Uh, keep the focus on the money and the exposure to taxpayers. Right. That's the strongest argument. Premier David Eby was asked about this yesterday. Here's what he had to say. Let's listen. I have uh, significant anxiety about uh, the situation related to policing in Surrey. Why does he have anxiety? Significant, not just anxiety, but significant significant anxiety. anxiety. I don't know if that keeps him awake at night or not. Uh, I'm not sure what to read into those comments other than probably just frustration. This thing just doesn't seem to end. Yeah. Neither side seems to be in a real rush to put this to bed. <laughs> you know, they're taking their time yeah. on all sorts. Well, of where things. are we at now with it? Because now this report is in the hands of St. Farnworth's office. He's got his staff going through it, I'm sure. Is, is so the, this could drag on for a while longer now. Well, you look at the last report. Remember the, um, the, the ministry wanted reports from Surrey and SPS and RCMP. Sure. Yeah. And they were going to go through the reports and then issue their own report. Well, that took a couple months. I think, if I recall. It took a long time before the ultimate ministry report came out. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't take another couple of months here. I mean, both sides have been through so much information that um, I think it's got to take a a quicker process than we saw with the previous report, at least hopefully. Let's talk about the crunch in uh, Surrey schools. Speaking of Surrey, Mm -hmm. we keep the focus there and overcrowded schools in the city of Surrey. We've talked a lot about the portables, the double-decker portables they're looking at in Surrey now. The B.C. government yesterday responding on this thing. They want to add a 1,000 new spaces at two Surrey high schools, so announcing expansions on these two Surrey high schools. And I, I'm not sure that's going to meet the demand. I spoke recently on the show to Gary Timoshuk. He's the vice chair of the Surrey Board of Education. Listen to how much money he says he wants from the province here for new schools. Here's what he told me. For us, projecting over the next five years to answer your question about what do we need, we need more schools, of course, but yeah. it's to the tune of three, $3.1 billion. And so several new schools, additions to 22 existing schools, it's a lot of work that we need to do in order to uh, eliminate those portables or at least reduce them. $3.1 billion? Holy smokes. Like, over what period of time would that be? That would be a five-year term. 
Over five, the next five, five years, that's what we need. Okay. Well, Three yeah. billion bucks. Yeah, I mean, the population explosion in B.C. is significant, particularly in Surrey and that part of, uh, part of Metro Vancouver. So in the next uh, 15 years, the population within the Fraser Health Authority, which is largely Surrey and Burnaby and the Tri-Cities, for the most part, along with some of the Eastern Valley, uh, is supposed to increase by 700,000 people. Yeah, uh, our immigration right. levels are are very high. Yeah. Federal government's immigration uh, program is is half a million people yeah. a, a year. Record B- high. BC gets about thirteen percent of that. Yeah. So you just do the math. We're one hundred fifty thousand a year to two hundred thousand people a year. Ninety five percent of the people, the new residents in BC, are settling in Metro Vancouver, the capital region, and the Okanagan. That's going to put enormous pressure, on, not just on the school system. Um, but on the healthcare system as well. I mean, Surrey Memorial is, woes have been well documented the last few weeks. Uh, a lot of it is a lack of uh, personnel, doctors and such, but also a, a big increase in uh, pressure on service, need for service, because the population is increasing. You know, those thousand spaces for those Surrey schools, I mean... There's a drop in the bucket. A drop, a proverbial <laughs> drop in the bucket. Yeah, you know, $3 billion is a lot of money, but that's only, as he points out, it's it's several new schools yeah. and expansion of 22 other schools. Right. And that's that's the portables and the double-deckers. Yeah. And, um, yes, and they, we've been saying for some time, as soon as a Surrey school opens, it's overcrowded. Yeah. Baldry's Beat, right to your phone calls. Ed in South Surrey. Hi, Ed, go ahead. Hi, I was listening to the Jazz Johal show last night, and actually Keith was on there briefly. He talked about two major costs. One was soft costs and hard costs, but one worked out that uh, McCallum predicted $90 million and the series predicting over 500 and another one was for $40 million and the mm-hmm. actual cost is between 150 and 200 So combined, right. about $600 million shortfall. Uh, yep. this, yeah. this, is this true? Well, both are estimates, but yeah, uh, check out Jazz's Twitter uh, thread from yesterday. Jazz has good sources on this story. Yeah. Now, again, these are all estimates. Yeah. You know, and one side, one side's underestimating; the other side may be overestimating, and maybe yeah. that's maybe the truth is in the middle. But I think that's the strongest hand Brenda Locke and the council has is to focus on the money and focus on the costs, yeah. and not get into name calling. Simone in Surrey. Hi, Simone. Go ahead. Yes, I just want to make two super quick points. Uh, first of all, I listened to the press conference yesterday, and I kind of find it a bit disingenuous calling Brenda Locke slinging mud and name-calling when she was specifically asked the question, why does she feel we're at the outcome? She, and that was her answer to that question. And she's just telling us how we feel. Secondly, I don't understand why this is as complicated as it is. The people of Surrey spoke in October. We decided we wanted to keep the um, RCMP when we voted for Brenda Locke. End of discussion. Like, um, Farnsworth keeps, uh, gave an ultimatum, said, make a choice. She made a choice, and now they yeah. don't seem to like it. Right. Thank you. Well, and again, I think that that's, again, the strongest, um, aside from the finances, it's the fact it's an elected council. And that, and we've been saying that all along. This and they is, voted on it twice now. Yeah. Twice so, to keep the RCMP. So, so the, um, uh, again, going against the wishes of an elected council, even though it was a small turnout and, you know, you can argue about the mandate and all that sort of stuff, but it was still, at the end of the day, no one's elected with 100% yeah. in any election. But you can tell, you can tell Farnworth's nervous on it too, because when I was, I was trying to pin him down on it yesterday. So I'm, I was saying to him, okay, 
if you don't get this report or you don't like this report, what are you going to do then? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do then? And he said, well, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to talk to my staff. We'll have to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, what exactly are you going to do? Yeah. Well, you know, neither, we'll talk ne- about it. Neither side will actually give an answer to that type of question. Brenda Locke was asked yesterday, what are you going to do if it goes SBS? Do you have a plan? She wouldn't answer that. Farnworth has asked, what are you going to do if you don't like this? And he won't answer that either. No. So, again, both sides are sort of spinning wheels here, and hopefully no. we get an answer soon. Al in Surrey. Hi, Al. Go ahead. Okay, a couple of things. First, Brenda Locke cannot have the Solicitor General sign a non-disclosure agreement. He is the chief person in the province, not her. Two, I, as a taxpayer in Surrey, I want to know exactly how each councillor voted. And, of course, the councillor with a son and daughter in the RCMP, that is 100% conflict of interest. He cannot have a vote, period. Okay, I'll th- thank well, you. Well, that was the argument of the Surrey Police Union. Um, not sure what the status of that is from the Ethics Commissioner. I've not heard any. I think he wasn't he cleared by the, or was he cleared? I'm not certain of the ethics complaint. I've there. heard that, that rumblings that he was cleared. So my understanding is his son does not work for the Surrey RCMP. It's a different detachment. Okay. And I think she, the daughter doesn't work directly for the RCMP. She's a municipal either. worker, municipal the daughter, worker. apparently. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Councillor Rob Stutt. We continue to ask him to come on the show. Yeah, it so. seems to be to have become a moot point. Now, it's interesting. I asked as a as a minister of the crown, and you sign a non disclosure agreement. Does that tie your hands as a minister of the crown? You can never talk about this. And talk about it in cabinet. That, that's, <laughs> Presumably, it, it, well, this is an uncharted area. That's a very good question. Yeah. Can this come up in cabinet if, yeah. if the cabinet hasn't signed an NDA? I think cabinet. He signed it, though, right? Did he sign a non-disclosure agreement? My understanding is he did, as yeah. did his the staff who were going to read this. But right. did David Eby sign an <laughs> NDA? Did, uh, did other members of the, of the cabinet? I don't think you can bound the cabinet no. to something artificial like this. Yeah. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Hey, you know, I've said that since day one. Uh, it's a monetary issue. And Brenda Locke knows it's going to cost how much more. The, the feds cough up, what is it, 10%, I believe, for the RCMP? And you know what yeah. really bothers me about this whole thing, Mike and Keith? You know, Mike Farnworth, he insinuates the RCMP. It's, this is the way I read it. He's saying they can't do the job, and he feels they, they, they have to be safe in Surrey. Well, where have the NDP been for years on public safety? It's, it's only, they're only, their eyes are only open now that, that it's, a, that it's a, an electoral issue. You know, so, so that part of the deal, I, just, I don't buy it. Well, and, you know, if he's so concerned well, about public safety in Surrey, I just got to get this, just got to tell you guys this. Has he ever been to Ground Zero? And when I say that, I mean the city of Surrey. Has he been there and seen how everything operates? That's, Thank that's you for, my question. Thank thanks, you. Rob. Well, it was interesting. Brandon Locke yesterday said there's no issue or concern about public safety in Surrey. That was the start of her news conference. Yeah. That public safety is not And an so issue she's upset by the insinuation that people be unsafe with the RCMP. The RCMP have been policing Surrey for over 70 years. Mm-hmm. So, I, wonder, I wonder if money is the issue here, and yeah. this has been kicked around, uh, if there's a big gap between what the city thinks it's going to cost and what the, the province is going to cost, does the province up its contribution here? Does that 150 mm. over five years suddenly become a bigger number?